0: Real nice, Kate. Yeah, like it's yeah, nice work, I guess. Did you like you did all of that? Yeah,
1: like, yeah, I did like, yeah, I got like a keyboard. I can't play it or nothing. Still, oh man, no,
0: yeah, it, it counts, doesn't it? Uh, I guess it's words are hard right now, yeah, man. Like, oh, dude, lockdown is no joke. I, my brain is genuinely completely out. okay because yeah i thought that like i was there was something wrong with me for being like totally wrecked no, the whole time I, I mean like seriously like it's just like why is it so exhausting like just doing nothing all the um, time excuse you like since when is seven billionaires a day of online classes doing you Norton, know nothing all right oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but no i mean like like yeah you know we finish at six or whatever and then like there's all this time left in the day and there's like nothing to do with it but haven't you been doing like boxing and pilates and all that like, well yeah but i mean that only gets me to like what half seven tops like by nine i'm done like sorting out tomorrow's like smoothie ingredients and everything <laughs> I mean, like, am, am I wrong here? Is is that just ridiculous? Like, am I wrong to have to get sick all over my brain right now? Is that, is that, is the problem with me? <laughs> like, it is, it is very wholesome, search. I mean, it's just exercise. I mean, it's not like it's, you know, writing poetry or anything. Oh, D- yeah, that, that is a good n- point, Serge. N- no, Sirsh. no, no, like, we don't, we don't need to talk <gasps> about that at all. Sarah, no, it's good, like. Yeah, like, it's not important, though, is Is the thing. What what are you talking about? Ah, Chloe, I sent it to you. Sent what? I do not understand what's going on right now. (laughs) Sarah's poems, Chloe. Sarah writes poems now. Thank you, Katie. I didn't get no poems. Well, like, did you send it to the WhatsApp or what's the story? No, no, I sent it to your email. Ah, email my arse clean. What is this, 2015?
1: <laughs> Jesus. Fair, <laughs> <Pretty> fair. <laughs> anyway,
0: anyway, um, moving on. Anything else going on? Kay, what what, what have you been up to, fam? Uh, not much. Like I, like, I don't, this is weird, yeah, but, like, my dad's like he got to choose Like the movie Last night We, we, we watched We watch movie Most nights Of course <laughs> And we <laughs> died Yeah He Yeah it was his turn to choose And he chose Like Coming to America too. Um What? Wow. So like Was it good Or what Like why is this such a big deal? No like Like I don't know Like I mean I like the first one But like I just I don't I don't know if this one was good Like why we're on Vogue in it I did I, Like I I don't understand. Like, well, I mean, would you have preferred if it was boys to men? Yeah, and I mean that would have that wouldn't have made any sense considering they're from Philadelphia and not Queens, Katie. I, you're really missing the point of of the film. Like, I mean, like, may, like maybe I, I like I, I don't know. It just felt like there were a lot of references that were just I, I don't know. I don't know. Tracy Jordan was good in it. Do, do you mean Tracy Morgan? yeah dude tracy jordan is the name of his character in 30 rock his his name is tracy morgan man no
1: no oh my <laughs> god <laughs>
0: i'm like, not making fun of you you do it for us like you're not going to bust out the whole katie's racist thing again oh, well, i mean don't have to that hate speech right there I mean that has done that for me no mine <laughs> yeah, we, should, we should talk like maybe there's yeah maybe there were like good things or we could talk about a different good thing like no it was, like there were good bits in it like I mean that, that lady Les- Leslie Mann. Oh my god, Katie. Leslie Mann is married to Judd Apatow. She's a white lady. You're talking about <laughs> Leslie joe <gasps> Oh my god, Katie's a so racist! <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: understand why this keyboard <laughs> happening. <so> <laughs> <It's not fair. laughs> we
0: need to move on. We need to move on. We need to talk we're, we we know why we're here. We know what we're here to talk about. Clina. That shaker charm thing you got last week is the most adorable thing I have ever seen. Oh man, that was that was the best day. Yeah, it was so Serious seriously, like, why don't I get no J.K. presents? Because J.K. already gives you presents all the time, Chloe. There was an alternative disease bridge dropped last week, especially for you. <gasps> Do you really think that was like a present for me? though? <laughs> my actual ears, man. Shut up, Katie. Like, it's just like, like, how am I going to like tank him if I can't like, to Seoul because of like lockdown? Like, <laughs> like that's the only <laughs> obstacle, right? now oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I was on, I was on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That's when I saw it. And um, yeah, someone shared a post by, yeah, this this account on their um Bubbly Cloud Shop. Oh yeah, you know, I remember that. That was me girl, Yuli. That was Bankton gift Oh man, your shoes. I love those shoes. Exactly, Katie. Exactly. My self-esteem, dang Air Force, whatever. Chill out. You don't have a pair. I have a pair. Does that make me better than you? <laughs> like, yes. Yes, it does. Oh, like, no one is going to know what it is you're talking I about. Mean, I'm going to post a photo. Obviously, clean <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, so to summarise, Chloe, a, bit, a couple of months ago, bought a pair of custom BTS-themed Air Force Ones made by Yuli at Bankton Gifts. And um, and they are very pretty. They're so pretty. They're <laughs> so
1: beautiful. They oh are,
0: yeah. <laughs> just kind of. Just search, can't. Uh, follows the account and saw them share uh, a resin shaker charm thing. Um, on, on their Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So, like, again, maybe, like, a little background, I suppose. So, like, yeah, some super talented folks on Instagram, like, including our girl, Alyssa, at, at Bubbly Cloud Shop, makes some, like, gorgeous, like, I think it's epoxy resin. Like, oh, my God, I hope that's what it is anyway. um, But, yeah, they're, like, like, kind of uh, really nice kind of art pieces, I guess. But, like, really cute stuff. Like, so, yeah, what I bought for Klee was this Hobie Core shaker. It's, like, oh, it's just so little it's just this this gorgeous rainbow-colored star filled with like multicolored stuff inside and like Murakami flowers and oh, it's yeah. just so lovely. No, but like let's be real, like hobbycore stuff like be proper cute, like be real cute. So, so yeah, for people who like, does anybody who listens to this show like? Do we really need to talk about B T S? No, we yes, do. Yeah. Yes, 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 we do. Okay, Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. That was okay, unexpected. fine. Okay. Um, right. So for folks that aren't major. BTS stands are there any of you left who still listen to this? We're talking about the, yeah, their aesthetics. We're going in deep here, people. So, anyway, um, Jay hope who we're talking about right now, Klee's favourite member, is, yeah, this human ray of sunshine. So, Hobbie Core is just, yeah, wall-to-wall, like, colours and happiness and, and stuff. Yeah, so when I saw it, I had to get it for Klee. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> but, like, like, isn't it, like mental though that there are like so many people out there with like with like their hustle on instagram their, like and their their hustle katie did you did you watch the new biggie documentary on netflix is that what this is Kay? like no another day another struggle things done changed clay what air you's Talking about <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. In fairness, you are right, Katie. Like, there are so many people, like, yeah, making their own stuff. It's, like, super awesome. Like, there's obviously Alyssa at Bubbly Cloud Shop, you know, because, I mean, amazing. But, like, yeah, there are tons of people making BTS stuff in particular. Did did you see that um, post I shared about that collaboration Hoba Pins and, and High Hope Shop are doing? Oh, that, that eat gin bento apron situation. Like, do you really need, like, a BTS bento box? And matching apron, Katie. And, and matching apron. Like do, you, like, do you need that, though? Like, I really feel you're not understanding the situation, Katie. A thing of beauty is a joy forever, Kay. <laughs> like, what does Milton have to do with... Anything we're talking oh about, my Sarah? God, Katie, is John King's read a book? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh man! Plus, no, for infer- like, I seem to remember you simping over some like adorable hair clips last week. Eh? Oh man, yeah, that was Snowberry Crafts. Yeah, she makes molds too. Like, like, how hard do you think it would be to start like making resin stuff? Like, I dunno. I think it'd depend. Like. Are you talking about, like, sweet Ume shop grade adorableness? Yeah. Because that takes some work. Oh, man. She had some Studio Ghibli charms up last week that were, like, beyond amazing. They were out of stock before I got there. Oh, it was so sad. That is sad. It's okay. I uh, self-medicated with some Pikachu earrings. (gasps) Oh, from that lovely Cobalt and Fawn account. Yeah, and I got the... Ghibli soot sprite ones too, and they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: cute. <laughs> I want to
0: talk about independent jewelry people too. Did you see that lolly jewelry account with the earrings? That's yeah. Let's talk about them. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I did see that safari earring necklace set, and and it is the most Chloe thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. <laughs> huh? <laughs> kind of curious. No, like think. Giraffe print heart-shaped earrings and a heart-shaped pendant to match in like polymer clay situation, like yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would like to also go on record as that being the most Chloe thing I've ever heard about. Like, I have no choice but to just believe that that means that I am the most stylish person you have ever met because them (laughs) earrings are the most stylish thing I have ever seen in my actual life. So thank you, girls. Thank you. (laughs) You're a fully functional egomaniac. You know that. Of course I know that. <laughs> why wouldn't I like to recognize how amazing I am, Katie? What's wrong with you? Why don't you? Why don't you want me to love myself? I, I just. Why are you always just trying to drag me down? I won't let you, Katie Murphy. I won't let you do that to me. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. I feel. I feel like we need to start talking about books. Well, you know, with that being the whole point of the show and everything. <laughs> An excellent point, well made. Why? Thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. Mm. Well, okay then. Oh my God, get a real meal, <sighs> Uh, okay. Um, so this uh, this series, which is our fifth series, by the way, is on LGBTQ authors. Uh, which which is something we've been meaning to do for uh for a while. Kiana, yeah. Go ahead. And do what? <laughs> well like it's LGBT Reuters, ain't it? So like you need to tell people why we're doing it. Well if memory serves Chloe, this was your idea. Yeah, but like I suggested it for you, didn't I? And who asked you to do that? go like why wouldn't you want to read books about being gay so we can talk about it on the show then being gay isn't the only thing i have going on chloe i know jesus but like i can't know what it's like to be a pro gay woman can i and like i can't be just asking you questions all the time like i'm some bleeding creep in your dms or something like like that that is weirdly sweet that is my (laughs) brand clay (laughs) but like Why do you get so upset about this stuff? Jesus, Chloe, like, I didn't know I was gay. Like, it's a bit of an adjustment, you know? Like, thinking up ways we can leverage it for the show isn't exactly top of my list of priorities. I have a few other things going on right now. But the thing is, like, it, it is a super important genre, like so important that it shouldn't even be a genre in my opinion like we should just be reading about and like seeing as many gay couples and storylines as we do hetero storylines like did anyone even notice the romantic storyline with david in schitt's creek was you know anything other than super gorgeous yeah like i don't girl out over very much Uh, respectfully disagree like what um love Hina episode 15 Shut up. Yes. But yes what i was going to say was that yes i girled out over david and patrick's relationship like proper heart you talked about whether naru and Kaito we were going to get together for a month straight dude. it was not a month straight it legitimately was <laughs> so they just they wasted so much time like why wouldn't they just accept that they're made for <laughs> each other man <laughs> <I just zap. laughs> but yes as much fun as it is trolling kate yeah this is actual trolling you guys <laughs> You're right. So she we should we should make a start so yes yes we um we want to talk about lgbtq authors since the fact is we've been looking pretty much exclusively at hetero relationships for like four straight series uh-huh. no no point intended oh, oh dude <laughs> yeah we chose this out of six books to cover this series the uh, the first of which was the sort of yes yeah, seminal first lesbian bestseller like should you be saying like seminal yeah but like should you be saying anything like you just <laughs> left yourself wide open for that katie <laughs> the agreed starting point jesus based on anything we read or anyone we talked to was rita Mae brown's ruby fruit jungle mm-hmm. okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. thank you um so this one this one was a little um divisive in in the ranks yeah but um yeah. You know what, we're probably best off starting from the start. So if we take a second to introduce uh, Ms. Brown, um, I can do this one. Rita Mae Brown is the best-selling author of the Sneaky Pie Brown series, the Sister Jane series, the Runnymede novels, including Six of One and Cakewalk, A Nose for Justice and Murder Unleashed, Ruby Fruit Jungle, In Her Day, and many other books. An Emmy-nominated screenwriter and a poet, Brown lives in Afton, Virginia, and is a master of foxhounds and the huntsman. So, like... Are we going to talk about the cat mysteries or... Like, it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about here. No, but the fox hunting books similarly unsettle me. Okay, so clearly we're going to talk today about Ms. Brown's subversive yet best-selling debut novel, Ruby Fruit Jungle, but since then, Ms. Brown has, like, not stopped writing like genuinely, and and like writing everything, like a bunch of TV scripts, more subversive novels about female sexual relationships, and possibly most interestingly, two extensive series, one of which is a series of mysteries written with her cat, like, not with her cat, like in the same room, like her cat has a co-author credit, and um a series of fox hunting novels where both the hunters and animals involved are like active characters, yeah, Black Beauty styley, from what I can tell,
1: yeah, but like with like fox hunting the
0: second chapter of Black Beauty is literally called the Hunt, Katie, <coughs> <coughs> oh,
1: <my>. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: we we did want to acknowledge the fox hunt in the room because. Because, well, it, it was it was unexpected. I think I like it. You would, The man. horses can't talk, Katie. On what planet is that not deadly? Like, fox is an archaic, classist endeavor based on violence. How is that supposed to be awesome, man? Oh, my God, Katie, you would not stop talking at the weekend about how that one UFC bloke, like, beat the shit out of the other UFC bloke? Like, talk about it like it's the best thing that ever happened. Like, what is wrong with you? Okay, like, first off it was the women's Way title it was not blokes okay and second if you ever talk shit about amanda nunez around me again i will put you in such an armbar i swear to god armbar, my arse. how are you gonna stare on me from all the way out there in galway like this is this is genuinely getting scary yeah like i really didn't think that this would be the episode where we start challenging each other to fights out in the car park hard same like yeah in the interest that was a weird sound <laughs> In the interest of sisterhood <laughs> Kay, why don't you take the blurb right now And then, Chloe, you can take the excerpt You know, being the, the closest persona we have to Molly Bolt On the line Oh, Sarah, you charmer Like, like I don't think that was a compliment, man Of course that was a compliment, Kay You a homophobe, oh <laughs> my god <I> every, <laughs> time, like, yeah. Kay, every time, like, every Dude, read the thing before, like, you, I don't know Out yourself with more hate speech or anything. Like, Like, oh, oh um... A dramatic coming-of-age novel that is deeply human in how it confronts prejudice and injustice, Molly Bolt is a young lady with a big character. Beautiful, funny, and bright, Molly figures out at a young age that she will have to be tough to stay true to herself in 1950s America. In her dealings with boyfriends and girlfriends, in the rocky relationship with her mother, and in her determination to pursue her career, she will fight for her right to happiness. Charming, proud and inspiring, Molly is the girl who refuses to be put in a box. Yeah, but like, what about her box? Shit, there was a joke there. What? Oh my god, (laughs) Would you like to start reading so we move past that epic fail as quickly as humanly possible? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, shh, shh, girls, please, listen. Kim. No one remembers her beginnings. Mothers and aunts tell us about infancy and early childhood, hoping we won't forget the past when they had total control over our lives and secretly praying that because of it, we'll include them in our future. Don't think I don't know what you're doing, Ma. <clears throat> I didn't know anything about my own beginnings until I was seven years old, living in Coffee Hollow, a rural duh outside of York, Pennsylvania. A dirt road connected tear-papered houses filled with smear-faced kids and the air was always thick with the smell of coffee beans freshly ground in the small shop that gave the place its name. One of those smear-faced kids was Brockhurst Detweiler. Broccoli for short. It was through him that I learned that I was a bastard. Broccoli didn't know I was a bastard, but he and I struck a bargain that cost me my ignorance. One crisp September day, Broccoli and I were on our way home from Violet Hill Elementary School. Hey, Molly, I gotta take a leak. Wanna see me? Sure, Brock. He stepped behind the bushes and pulled down his zipper. A, a flourish, as we all do, you know. <laughs> uh, Broccoli, what's all that skin hanging round your dick? My mum says I ain't had a cut up yet. What you mean, caught up? She says that some people get this operation and the skin comes off and it has something to do with Jesus. Well, I'm glad no one's going to cut up on me. That's what you think. My Aunt Louise got her tit cut off. I ain't got no tits. So, <laughs> you will. You'll get big floppy ones just like my mom. They hang down below her waist and wobble when she walks. Not me. I ain't going to look like that. Oh, yes, you are. All girls look like that. You shut up or I'll knock your lips down your throat, Broccoli Dettweiler. I'll shut up if you don't tell anyone that I showed you my thing. (laughs) What's there to tell? All you got is a wad of pink wrinkles hanging around it. It's ugly. It is not ugly. Ha! It looks awful. You think it's not ugly because it's yours. No one else has a dick like that. My cousin Leroy, Ted... No one. I bet you got the only one in the world. We ought to make some money off it. Money? How we going to make money off my dick? After school, we can take the kids back here and show you off. And we charge a nickel apiece. Now, I ain't showing people my thing if they're going to laugh at it. Look, Brock, money is money. What do you care if they laugh? You'll have money, then you can laugh at them. And we split it 50-50. The next day during recess, I spread the news. Broccoli was keeping his mouth shut. I was afraid he'd chicken out, but it came true. After school, about 11 of us hurried out to the woods between school and the coffee shop, and there, Brock revealed himself. He was a big hit. Most of the girls had never even seen a regular dick, and Broccoli's was so disgusting, they shrieked with pleasure. Brock looked a little, you know, green around the edges, but he bravely kept hanging out until everyone had a good look. We were 55 cents richer. Word spread through the other grades, and for about a week after that, Broccoli and I had a thriving business. I bought red licorice and handed it round to all my friends. Money was power. The more red licorice you had, the more friends you had. Leroy, my cousin, tried to horn in on the business by showing himself off, but he flopped because he didn't have skin on him. To make him feel better, I gave him 15 cents out of every day's earnings. Nancy Cahill came every day after school to look at Broccoli, billed as the strangest dick in the world. Once she waited until everyone else had left, Nancy was all freckles and rosary beads. She giggled every time she saw Broccoli and on that day, she asked if she could touch him. Broccoli stupidly said yes. Nancy grabbed him and gave a squeal. Okay, okay, Nancy, that's enough. You might wear him out and we have other customers to satisfy. That took the wind out of her and she went home. Look, Broccoli, what's the big idea letting Nancy touch you for free? That ought to be worth at least a dime. We ought to let kids do it for a dime and Nancy can play for free when everyone else goes home if you want her to. Deal. This new twist threw half the school into the woods. Everything was fine until Ernst Dambach ratted on us to Miss Merton, the teacher. Miss Merton contacted Carrie and Broccoli's mother and it was all over. When I got home that night, I didn't even get through the door when Carrie yells, Molly, come in here right this minute. The tone of her voice told me I was up for getting strapped. I'm coming, ma'am. What's this I hear about you out in the woods playing with Brockhurst at Willers Peter? Don't lie to me now. Earl told Miss Martin you're out there every night. Not me, ma'am. I never played with him. Which was true. Don't you lie to me you big mouthed brat. I know you were out there jerking that dim way off and in front of all the other brats in the hollow. No mum honest I didn't do that. There was no use telling her what I really did. She wouldn't have believed me. Carrie assumed all children lied you shame me in front of all the neighbours and I've a good mind to throw you out of this house you and your high and mighty ways sailing in the house and out of the house as you're damn well pleased you reading them books and putting on ears you're a fine one to be snotty miss ups out there in the woods playing with his old dung. well I got news for you you little shit ass you think you're so smart you ain't so fine as you think you are and you ain't mine neither I don't want you now that I know what you're about wanna know who you are? you're Ruby Drollinger's bastard that's who you are now let's see you put your nose in the air who's Ruby Droninger your real mother that's who and she was a slut. you hear me Miss Molly a common dirty slut who'd lay with the dog if it shook its ass right I don't care makes no difference where I came from I'm here i I it makes all the difference in the world them that's born in wedlock are blessed by the Lord them that's born out of wedlock are cursed as bastards so dear I don't care Well you oughta care you horse's ass. Just see how far all your pretty ways and books get you when you go out and people find out you're a bastard and you act like one. Blood's thicker than water and yours tells. Bullheaded like ruby and out there in the woods jerking off that Detweiler Idiot. Bastard. Carrie was red in the face and her veins popping out of her neck. She looked like a one woman horror movie and she was thumping the table and thumping me. She grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me like a dog shakes a rag doll. Snot-nosed bitch of a bastard living in my house under my roof. You'd be dead in that orphanage if I hadn't gotten you out and nursed you around the clock. You come here and eat the food, keep me running round after you, and then you go out and shame me. You better straighten up, girl, or I'll throw you back where you came from. The gutter. Take your hands off me. If you ain't my real mother, then you just take your goddamn hands off me. I ran out the door and tore all the way to the wheat fields up to the woods. The sun had gone down and there was one finger of rose left in the sky. So what? So I'm a bastard. I don't care. She's trying to scare me. She's always trying to throw some fear in me. The hell with her and the hell with anybody else if it makes a difference to them. Goddamn Broccoli Detwater and his ugly dick anyway. He got me in this mess and just when we were making money this has to happen... I'm going to get Earl Stanback and lay him out to whale shit if it's the last thing I do. Yeah, and then mama will rip me up for that. I wonder who else knows I'm a bastard. I bet Mouth knows. And if Florence the megaphone Mout knows, the whole world knows. I bet they're all sitting on it like hens. Well, I ain't gone back to that house for them to laugh at me and look at me like I'm a freak. I'm staying out here in these woods and I'm on kill earl. Shit, I wonder if old Brock got it. He'll tell I put him up to it and skin out. Coward. Anyone with a dick like that's got to be chicken shit anyway. I wonder if any of the kids know. I can face mouth and mum, but not the gang. Well, if it makes a difference to them, the hell with them too. See why it's such a big deal? Who cares how you get here? I don't care. No, I really don't care. I got myself born. That's what counts. I'm here. But my old mum was really roaring. She was like ripped. Just ripped. I'm not going back there. I'm not going back to where it makes a difference and she'll throw it in my face from like now on out. Look how she throws it in my face how I kicked grandma both shins when I was five. I'm staying in these woods. I can live off nuts and berries, except I don't like berries; they got ticks on them. I can just live off nuts, I suppose. Maybe kill rabbits, yeah. But Ted told me rabbits are full of worms. Worms, ugh! I'm not eating worms. I'll stay out here in these woods and starve. That's all I'll do. Then mum will feel real sorry about how she yelled at me and made a big deal out the way I was born and calling my real mother a slut. I wonder what my real mother looks like. Maybe I look like someone. I don't look like anyone in our house. None of the Bolts nor the Wiganlides. None of them. They all have extra white skin and grey eyes. German. They're all German. (laughs) And don't Carrie make noise about that. (laughs) How Anyone else is bad. Wops and Jews and the rest of the entire world. That's why she hates me. I bet my mother wasn't German. My mother wouldn't have cared about me very much if she left me with Carrie. Did I do something wrong way back then? Why would she leave me like that? Now, maybe now she could leave me after showing off Broccoli's dick, but when I was a little baby, how could I have done anything wrong? Oh, I wish I'd never heard any of this. I wish Carrie Bolt would drop down dead. That's exactly what I wish. I'm not going back there. Night drew around the woods and little unseen animals burrowed in the dark. There was no moon. The black filled my nostrils and the air was full of little noises, weird sounds. A chill came up off the old fish pond down by the pine trees. I couldn't find any nuts either. It was too dark. All I found was a spider's nest. The spider's nest did it. I decided to go back to the house, but only until I was old enough to get a job so I could leave that dump. Stumbling, I found my way home and opened the torn screen door. No one was waiting up for me. The dog on to bed. Like, I know Molly's from, like, the sticks in Pennsylvania, but I will forever hear everything she says in a cabra accent from now on. Well, I mean, then my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> so but you know what we've got a good bit to get through here so so why don't we leave it there and take a quick break and um, yeah when we get back we'll get into this situation proper what What do you guys say yeah. right. yeah, righty. we'll be back in a few this is an urgent appeal from Deliver before Covid Deliver was on hand to deliver all of your fast food and shipper wishes right to your front door getting ready for a night out but dying for some curry chips Not sure if you're going to survive that hangover, but Subway don't deliver. deliver was right there with you through all of it. And even during our first lockdown, deliver was there to hoof Zara packages through your bedroom window, so your mum didn't find out you're after buying bikinis for the holiday, you can't go on. But now, our chipper run bikes are rusted over. There hasn't been a request to sneak a H&M bag through the upstairs bathroom window since Christmas. This is an urgent appeal from Deliverallaby. Please buy more shoes. Shoe boxes fit really, really nice through open upstairs windows. Thank you. Like I'm not even messing. I think I have to buy more shoes. No, like that's really weird. I was thinking about this the other day. Like I don't think I've worn a pair of shoes for more than 45 minutes a week since the beginning of the year. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, do you not wear runners when you're working out, Sir? Yeah, no, like, only if I'm, like, going out for a run. Like, I wonder if that's why my knee has been swelling up. Oh, my God. Like, dude, you are way too young and sexy to do in your ACL just because you're, like, too lazy to put on runners before doing a pop sugar workout. Like, I know you're messing, but, like, that is 100% what I'm doing. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, no. Rainier right has been, like, single-handedly getting me through lockdown. Okay, I have no idea who that is but he sounds terrifying well like only in the quantity and intensity of burpees that he's inviting me to do i mean the rest of the time he's like one of my actual favorite people so like do not even go there clee okay no yes the book the book that we are all here to talk about remember so like what first first thoughts well like it's it's Unbelievably funny Yeah like man That whole situation With broccoli Like just Like I could not Stop laughing Even the fact That his name Was broccoli <gasps> Did you saw Now the statues Can't spell broccoli For shit When you were taking Notes on this as well Oh, oh my god Two L's and one C Oh my god yes Right <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so like as bizarre as that is. Oh, look at me. I'm Saoirse. I can spell all my vegetables. (laughs) 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 I thought, yeah, there were some some amazing like turns of phrase that like she used. Like when Leroy tried to horn in on the business, he flopped because he didn't have any skin on him. Yeah, yeah. Or like even Nancy being all freckles and rosary beads or like later in the book, like Cheryl wearing a dress even when she didn't have to. Yeah, but like aside from how hilarious the whole thing was about Molly charging people people to look at Broccoli's willy ha. <laughs> willy <laughs> like what should I call it like yeah okay that's the good point <laughs> like yeah it was it was a weird way to like
1: skew the whole like male gaze situation
0: yeah yeah it was definitely an objectification and it was like it was a weird like pimpish kind of role that like Molly held yeah yeah I sort of didn't know how to feel about that yeah, yeah. There were a few instances in the book where I was like, whoa, um, I don't know if that's my bag, but like on the whole, I like really liked Molly. She was really compelling. Well, do you know what? Maybe compelling is the wrong word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that before the show. So yeah, hold that thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. More and more on that later. Um, But yeah, reading about Molly was sort of yeah sort of addictive that is the right word that is the right word like because like she did not give a shit like and she didn't see like a single difference between her and anybody else like definitely not her and no boy yeah like when she tells cheryl that if they're gonna play doctors and nurses like she was gonna be a doctor because she was the smartest one but cheryl's all like no you can't be because you're a girl yeah that stuff that was all really great, but it it did have my notions alarm going off full tilt, which I think may have impeded my, yeah, it could have interfered with, with my, my enjoyment. Yeah, for, for our non-Irish listeners, notions is a term used to describe the situation when you display behaviours which show you think you are better than others. So behaviours like stating you're top of the class and should therefore be the doctor in the game of doctors and nurses or, you know reading books especially old or difficult ones spending any amount of money on yourself yeah um talking sometimes is is enough to have notions well i mean only if you're expressing your own ideas if you're agreeing with the other person or telling them how great they are then that's fine i mean yes of course granted that they then talk about how crap they are or else you know they have shocking notions on on their part yeah I wonder if that low-level buzzing I hear all the time is—is is my notions detector just going off? <laughs> Real talk, Sam. Real talk. <laughs> <laughs> the thing though about all the, the gender roles stuff, like what was, what was really clear to me, I thought, anyway, was, how, yeah, it got really clear that people needed to work around the system, as they got older. Like, like I know uh, that's not news or anything, but I guess. Looking at it from the outside, knowing what was happening. That was really strange. Okay, I'm not, I'm not sure I follow. Well, like, the the thing is, for like all of us, growing up like you see the older people acting the way they act and you just sort of assume you will be the same when you grow up like you'll get married you'll have a family have normal jobs and act pretty much the same way your folks act like you learn the rules of engagement from them so when molly gets to high school even though she's been in love with another girl in grade school it isn't like she doesn't even question the fact that she's going to have boyfriends like how is she going to be able to exist in high school without following that pattern and it's not even like she questions it it's just like no this is just it makes sense this is what you have to do kind of yeah i remember thinking that like she was like so much herself in tons of ways like like her mom who wasn't her mom well like who was her mom but like wasn't her biological Carrie, Carrie anyway, Jesus. But like, yeah, Carrie being on like top of her the whole time for not being like normal enough and being the type of girl who rides motorbikes and being able to fix engines and like being able to be student president and all that, like that wasn't good enough for Carrie. She wanted her to be like prom queen. Like, but the thing is, if, if. Molly was okay with being that different. She didn't want to be prom queen and she had no interest in doing it. She was out there riding motorbikes and fixing engines and all that stuff. So like, yeah, if she's not... If she's okay with that, with being different in all them ways, like, why not push it out that one bit further and not have a boyfriend and have a girlfriend instead? Because like, that's kind of the only bit that matters. Well, Well, like, in high school anyway she does have a relationship with one of her friends and it sort of causes everything to unravel. Like before that, she and her two best friends kind of almost run the school. Like there's Molly and Carol being like the smart and kind of artistic types. And then Carolyn, who's definitely going to be prom queen. But then when Molly starts a relationship with Carolyn, their other friend, Carol, like pretty much tells Molly that she can't be friends with her anymore because she full on doesn't know if Molly's going to rape her like that, she genuinely believes that. And Carolyn takes issue with the idea that she's gay because she's in a relationship with Molly. And her problem is that lesbians are ugly, and she's not, so therefore she's not gay. Like, and that causes the whole group to unravel, and then Molly's on her own again. Like, like those are those are pretty high stakes. Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, it was, it was strange to know that molly was gay and yet made all these choices right up until kind of the end of high school and as soon as she is herself it all falls apart like so it makes sense that she didn't do that up until then but it was just so obvious that she was just sort of coasting up until that point and the thing is like she was really good at that coasting like everyone loved her and it would have been super easy for her to stay like that and get on really well in life if she just played by everyone's rules but that wasn't who she was and she couldn't do that she not even couldn't she refused to do it yeah and this is something that was interesting to me like molly never once wavers in her conviction as to who she is she has that situation in high school where she starts a relationship with carolyn because she's crazy about her and and like we were saying all her relationships crumble and then she has a relationship with her roommate in college and when people find out about it she's sent to a mental institution when her family find out about that they say they never want to hear from her again and she just goes to new york without a second thought She's homeless until she manages to sort out somewhere to stay in New York and she drifts in and out of relationships while she gets her film degree. At no time does she think, oh my God, is any of this worth it? Like maybe, maybe I'm not gay. Maybe, maybe I can just go back and things will be normal again. Maybe, maybe being openly gay isn't worth this much difficulty. None of that happens. She's just totally cemented in who she is. And if the world doesn't want to see that, that's the world's problem. And I just thought, reading the book, I don't know how believable that is. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this before the show, that that Molly doesn't, she doesn't really go through much of like a, an arc. She doesn't like go on like an emotional journey. She obviously goes on a physical journey um, to New York and, and uh, her life changes around her she gets to be who she is inside outside all the time um but like that's it kind of she is who she is the whole way through the book other than discovering at an early age that she's only sexually and romantically attracted to women and then after that getting a very clear picture on just how patriarchal the society she's operating in is like that's that's it you know, yeah, and the thing is, she's she kind of is fully aware of the extent of patriarchy and gender roles, and how different behaviours or people are shunned, even when she's still a child. Like she sees Carl, her adopted father, hugging his brother Epp after a death in the family, and and she genuinely says to herself that she didn't know men could do anything other than fight or shake hands. And then all the stuff about how when she was in school, the fact that she was working to be class president instead of prom queen, and it was an uphill battle from the beginning. She was aware of all of these things. It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't see how that character with that set of really serious difficulties doesn't have some doubt or even self-pity like creeping in, past you know the age of seven yeah but like but like the thing is if molly had been this like super nuanced character that like can't get it together sometimes and and goes the easy way until she can't anymore like would this book have like become what it was like, like say Faye, yeah, Molly's college roommate. So Faye's a functioning alcoholic, pretty much, and a full-on party girl. She, she comes from money, so she doesn't really worry about failing out of college, but she seems to be on this, like, kamikaze mission to see how far she can push her folks to take action with her and also to, like, push herself so that she figures out, like, whatever it is that's, you know, making her so self-destructive. Whoa. What? No, nothing. I just, I, I hadn't thought that much about Faye's character but yeah Like and the thing is, like the book could be about Faye, you know, and then we'd have all that nuance. We'd have her, you know, self-doubting. We'd have her self-medicating. We'd have her sliding back from the fact that she wants to be with women and saying, you know, oh, do you know what? My parents don't want it, and and this is really horrible. And maybe she she goes into some sort of spiral at some stage. And yeah, that is more real, but it's it's definitely not aspirational, you know. That's that's not going to be a call to arms for for gay liberation in the early 70s, you know, for people to, to say, yes, it is possible to live as your true self and it won't be easy. No way. People will call you a moral degenerate. People will probably try to put you in a psychiatric ward, but you're not crazy. You just like people who are the same sex as you. Go be you. Molly can do it. So can you. Like, that's the point. And introducing nuance, I think... Just dilutes that. 100%. Whoa. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's not even a woke alert, man. That's... That's just straight facts. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. So... What you're saying... So that would apply as well to the whole... Them girls falling over themselves for a piece of me girl Molly situation. Because, like... Molly is the queen and I love her and, and I love all the very very exceptional sex that she is having with all them very very attractive ladies but like if every second bloke I met was at actual 10 and unable to keep their sexy sexy hands off me <laughs> I, I wouldn't be doing this show with Jill's <laughs> You know, that's, that's, that's all I'm saying, you know. it's And it is not the case because here I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, kind of, man. Like, the thing is, at the time the book was written, like, there can't have been any way to know how many awesome, sexy, gay women there truly were out there. Uh, and as well, like, isn't this, like, loosely based on rita may brown's life like so like like versions of this happened yeah that's that's true and like going back to what you were saying before the the point is kind of to say in no uncertain terms how fulfilling it is to have a sexual relationship with the type of person you're sexually attracted to so to make that point you're gonna have to have a lot of pretty amazing sex in there with some some pretty amazing sexy people you know favorite hot girl Holly.
1: Yeah, Holly. Like,
0: Faye? No, Holly. She was so hot, man. Like, for actual real, I could not handle how hot she was, like, Like, genuinely. I I don't think Molly mentioned that Holly was black until she mentions that Holly has an afro. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like, it was pretty cool that Molly didn't seem to, like, notice any difference between people, really. She just kind of knew... Who she was attracted to and who she wasn't. That kind of makes her seem a bit oversexed or something. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, sorry. Dude, why would you be sorry? Oh my god! Uh, like, no, I just mean like I don't think she was like oversexed. She just really, 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 really liked having sex with women. But like, there were some bits in it where like. And, and it wasn't just Molly, like, doing it or talking about it or whatever, but, like, there were bits in there with, like, forcing people to have sex because, like, they'll definitely be into it or something. Yeah, like, the whole thing with Paulina, that older author lady. Yeah, I, th- there was a lot I didn't like about that Heart. Like, even first off, I mean, the first time we see Paulina, like Molly starts talking about how men are the ones to discount older women as attractive, which which I don't buy. I think a lot of people discount older men and women, older people as unattractive. You, president of the Woody Harrelson fan club, not being one of those people. And the Ed Harris fan club. And no. <laughs> um like yeah and there were a bunch of insinuations in there like uh, there was one that like 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 butch gay women like aren't women because they're effectively men so why would molly even bother with it just it i i didn't yeah uh, well like yeah like for me i think the idea is that like molly didn't know that there were all of these communities in existence. So actually, actually the things that we take issue with in Molly, like her saying that she doesn't understand why there are butch lesbians to begin with, because they're practically men and she likes women, blah, 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 blah. And like her forcing her sexuality on people or agreeing with others that having sexuality forced on them was, was for their own good, because sex with women is dynamite, like all of that stuff. Like, that's the nuance in her character. Is that crazy? Is that a crazy thing to say? No. Like, yeah, like, I think, yeah, I could see that. It's, I think usually when there's that kind of wrong things, because I, I think it's fair enough to call them wrong, um, things that a character believes or thinks, they learn something or have at least the opportunity to learn in in a book and and take or don't take that opportunity and you go on that journey with them and that that didn't happen in this book which was a pity but i i I do think katie's point is is a good one that like that's not what this book is about it's not about her personal journey with herself it's it's about creating something that people can believe in which is yeah which definitely it's important and I'm super excited about the other books we're going to read because do they build on this and introduce that nuance cuz I I just that's just a personal thing. I just like to read that stuff.
1: Yeah, and
0: like yeah, I think that's not that's not the I don't want to say the purpose that the book serves, but like it does serve a purpose. It it's it's people refer to it as like one of the yeah main texts to go and read if you if you are interested in LGBTQ literature and like I kind of wonder just while we're talking about it like like the like the book has Molly like pretty much holding Paulina down and saying you want to have sex with me even when Paulina is saying quite clearly that she doesn't. And Holly says the same thing about the woman that sort of opened up her sexuality to her. That, like, she, yeah, describes fighting back against that woman, but then says that she, the woman that, like, effectively raped her, like, she did her a favor. Like, this is, this is the least me thing I've ever said, Jesus Christ. But, like, is depicting that like that. In this book, is that in any way helpful to women in the early 70s that are fighting against their own programming that they have to get married to men and have families in order to be safe in society? Like, do they need a book to come in and effectively throw them on the bed and say, you want to have sex with me? Like, is that? necessary to wake people up that are denying themselves and like shake them into a life that's more i don't know on- honest yeah it's a weird one cuz like w- <sighs> like what you're saying does make a certain amount of sense i just don't know how okay i am with it but you know i'm i wasn't there when the book was released, I'm not one of the people that may have been like totally inspired by this book to 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 live a totally different but much more fulfilling life, you know. So, so I'm kind of not qualified, I guess, to say it, but I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that the book would have reached that many people if Molly was more complex, like we're saying. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I genuinely don't think that, women gay women at the time would have been inspired by someone having a really intense emotional struggle that would have been demotivational if anything you know um yeah the context is kind of what's important because yeah like at the time what lesbians pretty much didn't exist like when you think about like homosexuality was it was illegal here wasn't it until like the 90s and stuff it's crazy so, but yeah, like, even if you think about, like, the the states, like, gay men, uh, probably by virtue of kind of what it is to be a man, were, like, loud and out there about who they were and were the victims of severe violence as a result. Like, that's, those are both very male things. But, like, lesbians, up until, like, super recently, have been kind of invisible. It's, it's, it's not talked about. Ladies don't do those things. It's very, like, it's super Victorian, like... Being feminine, being female is to be attractive to men. Like that's all there is to it. So like, and you see that in the book, like Carrie's only aspiration for Molly is for her to be prom queen, get married, have babies, be a credit to society as a result. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of just repeating what everybody else has said, but like, yeah, did, did gay women back then need a call to arms? This is who we are and this is what we're up against. This is how good it can be though. This is the reason why, We need to do this. These are the types of relationships we could be having. Yeah. Tab A does not fit into slot B. Why are we trying over and over again to make this work? Yeah. Oh my God, Clea, I stole your tab A slot B line. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Oh, what a (laughs) dick. No, no, that's okay. No, and and I do, I do think you've got something there because like there was all this stuff like the phrase hate breeds hate kept popping up in my head when I was reading like how Carrie told Molly she couldn't play with the Jewish girl that lived nearby and since that girl always had her hands down her pants Molly thought being Jewish meant you had your hands down your pants that's and that's that's like a funny thing but like it's also it's super ignorant and it's fueled by the fact that Carrie is is hateful towards Jewish people yeah like that stuff about like What's that you do talk about, Sarah? Like, ranking people. Like, Molly couldn't play with the Jewish girl because she was Jewish, not because she had her hands down her knickers, which actually is a bigger issue, but we'll talk about that in another show. We should have a dedicated show just to that. Um, she can't use the bathroom for black people when they move to Florida because those people are black. And she can't be gay because that's not what good honest people like us do. Like, that idea that you've got to, like, stay the same as everyone else around you to keep where you are in some made-up social ladder thing that don't even exist because there are other people out there saying the same thing about you. Like, it's just, oh, it's just so much energy for, like, no reason. Right? And, like, the thing is, that sense of superiority over, like, some people at least, it it only manifests, like, the only, yeah, the only output is, like, Molly playing super mean pranks on other people. Involving animal excrement—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a very yeah strange situation. What was with all the actual animal shit in this book? Like that was something I was not expecting. Are you—are you ever expecting to read about animal shit? man? If the main character was a zookeeper, Katie, or I don't know, had. Genetically engineered a theme park filled with dinosaurs, perhaps. Jurassic Park was uh, on Daddy Cullen's list of educational lockdown movies. Velociraptors are the actual truth, Sarah. I have not slept properly in two days. I can taste sounds. <laughs> <laughs> what are you no talking sense. about? Okay, okay, <laughs> but like aside, animal excrement aside, it's it's not all about the animal shit, people. It um, it's yeah, it was something that is in there, and I like this is. I suppose it's kind of old hat, but like, yeah. People in positions of power inflicting pain on people that are different to exercise and protect their position. Example: <laughs> Well, the first obvious example for me, anyway, is Carrie throwing Molly out of the house. So, like, or even like all of the, the 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 horrible things that Carrie says to Molly over the years. I mean, we we heard some in the excerpt earlier. So, like, Carrie is obviously ranking herself against her peers and other people around her the way we've been talking about. And the thing is, Molly being, you know, to all intents and purposes, her daughter, Molly is a direct reflection in Carrie's mind of of the family. So Molly being different in that she likes women and not men, that is of huge threat to Carrie's perception of herself as normal and respectable. So therefore, that's, a threat to her ranking and the other people that she's trying to keep down so that she can stay up. They're suddenly going to rise up against her and throw her down the ladder. So that's that's where that hate comes into her relationship with Molly. As a result, she throws her out. She gets rid of the threat. She tells her she never wants to see her again. She has no daughter. It's just hate breeding hate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And will you be providing some sort of newsletter with this information in there? <laughs> what? <can't> We're <laughs> well, like in high school. Like moving on. We yeah. We already talked about Carol like saying that she couldn't be friends with Molly when she found out she was gay and everything because yeah, she full on thought she was going to rape her, which is insanely not cool. But like, there's also the Leroy situation. So like, Molly's cousin Leroy has a sexual experience with a guy, and he's crazy about the guy, but for safety. He has to blend in with the group or like risk his safety, maybe even his like life. Gay guys were properly beaten up all the time back then and, and still now, but more frequently then. Um but he just adopts a persona and erases that part of his life. So like that's that hate, like, I don't know, turned inward. He expels the threat from within himself. He doesn't like allow himself to like realize who he could be or experience that happiness or whatever like Leroy might have the emotional journey or at least part of it that you guys were saying isn't there for Molly but this is the thing. This is what we were saying. It's back to the same thing again. His story isn't especially inspirational. Yeah, yeah. And the whole situation with that dean or whoever it was in college saying to Molly that she needed psychiatric help so that she could get out of the whole misplaced affections thing and have a more meaningful, healthy relationship with a man. Like, yeah, that made me so sad. Yeah. And like the fact that she was living with a woman herself. <laughs> yeah. The the idea that like I made it work like this. You need to work within the system too. It was, it was just maddening. Yeah, yeah. The more we talk about it, yeah, the more it does make sense that Molly doesn't have much of an emotional journey. And instead, she's sort of this superhero that goes out and vanquishes all these anti-lesbian enemies on, like, her terms. Oh, man, the guys in that college department, like, insisting on ignoring her and making her work, like, twice as hard to get through the course, like... Odd oh, rage, man. <laughs> I was reading that and I could feel your forehead vein throbbing from all the way over there in Galway. Seriously, Katie, you have to get something done about that vein. It is terrifying. Uh, it is my Super Saiyan forehead vein and it stays exactly where it is. How else am I going to know when my power level tops 100 <laughs> Oh man, there's no way you were gonna have a power level higher than like 25. Dude, like, I'm gonna have a higher power level than like Master Roshi. Come on, like, p- present day Master Roshi. Come on. He's not real, man. I know. I thought we were doing a bitch. <laughs> oh God, Kate, you're so Moving
1: on, maybe.
0: <laughs> like, the whole going back to make a film about Carrie. And then Carrie Thin, she never kicked Molly out thing. Yeah, that was, like, why would you say you don't want to see someone again and then conveniently forget that that's happened? Like, surely you have to apologize. Like, you can't just, you can't just move on like nothing happened. But, like, but, like, you'd have to, like, like, talk about it with, like, with, like, your mom and all. Like, And she'd be there being all, oh, I was really bad at being your mom. And do you forgive me because I'm super sorry? And then Molly is supposed to be just like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. I forgive you. Like, like Molly can't get rid of feeling that angry and hurt, right? And like, Carrie can't undo what she did. So like... Does Molly punish her or something? Like, you could argue that going no contact the way she did was a punishment. But, like, she just did what Carrie asked her to do. Like, Carrie told her she didn't want to see her no more. Molly was just giving her what she wanted. Yeah. But Carrie's really old when Molly goes back. She can't, like, Like Molly's financially independent as much as she can be. You know, she doesn't rely on Carrie for money anymore is what I mean. She has her home in New York and she's kept herself and she's put herself through college and all that. And Carrie's so old and frail and everything. It's not like she can do anything physically to Molly. Like, like all of that's just a really long way of saying like doesn't matter things have changed so much and the power balance or whatever you want to call it is completely different. Like, what does remembering all that stuff achieve? Well, so like you just wipe the slate clean. All the stuff she said, it's like it never happened. There's no accountability. Uh, Like, no. Like, I just, like, Molly's worked so hard and and it doesn't make a difference to the way she lives if carrie's sorry or not the only thing it'd impact is how often she sees carrie and and like carrie now does recognize the things about molly she didn't recognize before like that she's gay. She says that she's not allowed to bring any women around to her house. But she does recognise that Molly only wants to be with women. And she agrees to be in Molly's film. And she doesn't bring up that she thinks Molly's given herself notions or anything. It's just a part of who Molly is. And that she's proud that Molly was able to make it in college against all the city people. Like like maybe like recognising Molly for who she is is enough. Like, like kind of how, how much of a difference would an apology make on top of that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just feel like Molly deserves an apology. Yeah. uh, Yeah. um Yeah. and yeah you know Molly Molly does get get hers as well, you know, like she she does graduate at the top of her class her her film about Carrie is far and away the the best final project for the course out of all the men who assumed she couldn't do it because she was a woman, not that you know that changes things, she's completely aware that she's going to have to continue to fight for everything, you know that's just the way it is, yeah, yeah, but that's why she has to be that lesbian superhero person or whatever, yeah, yeah, I guess. I was thinking about the Easter egg situation. I thought we weren't doing Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm telling the people. Oh, okay, all right. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So regular listeners will know that we usually list a bunch of things that crop up in the book at the end of the episode. So you can keep an eye out for them and go, Oh wow That's the thing from that podcast I listened to.
1: <laughs> but, but
0: given given that this series is is kind of intended for for us to to learn learn some stuff, um, and also because Katie forgot to keep track of things to share, you just
1: said you weren't <gasps> going to say, man. Oh, god. <laughs>
0: so this time we thought we'd share, um, yeah, kind of what what we what we got out of the book, and yeah, we'll see um, see how that goes for a bit, yeah. And, and, you know, this this was a really kind of good one to, to start that with. Yeah, that idea of a groundbreaking book's groundbreaking nature being maybe the most important thing about it, like more so than the content maybe or the style or or whatever. Like that's something I hadn't really thought about before. Yeah, and like the idea that do you leave things out to make the message resonate the way it kind of has to? And like, because of the context it's released into, does that make it the best version of itself that it could be in order to like, do the thing it needs to do? I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to think about it more. It's it's an, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Chloe? I don't know. I think like, the way that, molly was like getting off with everyone around her like a legend like like i just assume everybody i meet is the same as me like i do and and i hadn't realized that like like she was getting off with every second woman she meets and i'm reading it like ah come here like come on how many gay women are there in new york and like and i was thinking about it and i was like no seriously how many gay women are there in new york like i don't know i don't know that and like They don't even have to be gay or nothing. They could just, like, want to have a piece of me girl Molly. You know, most people do. You know, I, uh, why am I throwing these labels around like some sort of crazed bullet journal owner? Close your Instagram, man. Like, it probably will not stop trying to sell me stationery. Like you buy one set of gel pens and that's it. Your ad algorithm is fucked. <laughs> 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 oh <my God. laughs> but yeah, but if it was some book about some hetero girl who was like as sound and sexy as Molly, like I wouldn't have taught twice about it if she was getting off with every second blog she comes across like like it'd get boring after a while but like I wouldn't have no questions on it so like yeah that's that's a weird one Chloe thinks no people are gay unless they got some flashing sign over their head or something like that's that's not great not particularly fam but like knowing about it is the first step right well it's gonna have to do Sarah cause like I have washi tape to buy <laughs> Okay, like, I don't know, man, like, I didn't notice that Molly didn't have, like, an emotional arc or whatever, like you and Serge did. I sort of, I sort of want to read it again to see if I, like, notice it on, like, second look or whatever. Like, it genuinely didn't occur to me, like, like, am I crap at reading books? Like Yes, yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Clay?
1: Well,
0: well, I guess, yeah, whatever... Whatever barriers or, like, unsafe-feeling situations or whatever that there are now. Like, things, things were a lot worse before. And, like, there were people that went and were themselves openly and, like, publicly. So that people, like me, I guess, can, like, live honestly or whatever now. And, yeah, that is pretty inspiring but like at your own pace clearly you don't have to be throwing yourself out there the way Molly did if you don't if you don't want to (gasps) oh my god God, Sarah Flannery, are you saying our Kleena is not a proud gay superhero? I strongly disagree, and I will gladly serve in your army of lady foot soldiers, Kleena. Just give me the chance to prove myself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I was saying that those pioneers did their amazing thing so that now people have more space and time to be themselves, to give themselves the emotional breathing space that people before didn't have, Chloe. Well, then why didn't you say that, Katie? What? Oh shit, sorry, force a habit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is who <bullying. laughs>
0: That's, that's it that's it you guys um, you can you can find out more about uh, Rita Mae Brown at com. and Ruby Fruit Jungle is available on Kindle Apple Books and from all reputable booksellers buy independent where you can I'd say all of that has slowed down significantly since Christmas so be buying from people it's, it's yeah oh my god COVID sucks man COVID sucks but you know it doesn't suck liking and subscribing to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice oh, oh yeah I went there holy oh <laughs> <my laughs> it. so do <laughs> if you do get a chance oh. to, to rate and review it does help more people hear about us which would be nice um, and if you're following us on Twitter at at Chicklet for life one or on Instagram at at life Chicklet you can help folks see our posts by you know liking sharing retweeting telling your mates and generally just being amazing um, but yeah that's it we'll, we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode on Elana massage all my mother's lovers so until then stay safe stay inside wear your mask buy groceries just, just be just continue being you because you are amazing and thanks again catch you guys later right. oh, I'll buy that washi tape
1: so in the time Elsie has been recovering from work related exhaustion it has come to our attention that there is this card within the two tours one chain family do you need a puncture fixed or your boy chain repaired well since we um, and by that i mean Jono and me since we kicked Dino out of the squad cause of that weird musical he wrote about his girlfriend and lockdown and all our abilities to provide our trademark services have been severely impacted. Basically, we don't have no one that knows how to change bike tires no more. And like, that's roughly two tours of our business right there. So like, shit. Like. So, so from today, we are mounting our brand new Come On Home dean campaign come on home dino we miss you we even miss your weird crap songs bell zoom quizzes and all i'm sorry i can't do this